I was in the stretching before anybody stretched. Everybody would be doing jumping jacks and calories. And uh, Coach Ringo was my coach. He played in Green Bay and he's in the Hall of Fame. I go off on the side and stretch before the game. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, Coach, I'm stretching. He goes, why? I said, because those jumping jacks and touch your toes, it don't get me loose. I want to, I want to be stretched. And he goes, what are you talking about? He said, what are you doing? I said, so he was 45 years old, limping, smoking a cigarette. I said, so I don't look like you when I'm 45. <laughs> Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr., and I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. Let me introduce our guest today, Hall of Famer Joe DeLamalier, an All-American and three-time All-Big Ten performer at Michigan State. Joe D, as he was known, was selected in the first round of the 1973 NFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills. In the 1970s, Joe D and his Buffalo Bills offensive line mates were dubbed the Electric Company because they turned the juice loose. The juice, of course, was Hall of Famer running back O.J. Simpson. Joe is one of the most honored linemen of the Bills and during his time was selected first or second team All-Pro eight times and was a six-time Pro Bowler. In 1975, the NFL Players Association named Offensive Lineman of the Year. He was named uh, Offensive Lineman of the Year and Joe played 185 consecutive games during his 13 playing seasons with the Bills and the Cleveland Browns. Joe is also one of the first living NFL players to be tested and diagnosed with CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Sorry, encephalopathy. How did I mess that up? CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. <laughs> I literally, it's the first time I mess this up. My apologies, Hall of Famer Joe. With the help of his family and friends, he overcame setbacks that have gotten in his way and is now setbacks like I just overcame, but not nearly like he has overcome. And is now living and fulfilling and thriving life with his son, Todd, redefining what strength training means. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe DeLamalier, welcome. I pronounce your name far better than CTE. How did I mess it up? How you doing? Very easy, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Joe, I love Joe. Like CTE, oh, yeah. I just spell that. And I say when I go to the cleaners or something, they say Joe Delonger. They go, "How do you spell that?" I go, "J." <laughs> What's the name? I spell it. But anyhow, it's an easy name, and goes a lot easier. Joe D. So Joe Maybe D. Love so, it, man. Yeah. Thank you for a nice introduction. And uh, I'm not a legend; only in my own mind. Oh, hey, that's where it matters most. <laughs> I, I, I was speaking before. I said, God's blessed me. I had an injury. I've never had it. I've never gone to the hospital other than be born and go to physicals. I've never, no surgeries, no sickness, nothing. God's blessed me. Now, if you don't have Superman in the house, I'm sorry. I know you say he's not a legend, but he's Superman, okay? So you got to choose one, Joe. You have to choose one. <laughs> oh, then I. You ever hear that song, uh, 
Don't Let the Old Man In by Toby Keith. You guys don't listen to country, but, but it's, Every once in a while, I do. I'm from Texas, man. So I love me some country. Age, don't know the day you're born. <clears throat> about that. If you don't know the day you're born, how old are you? So mm. I always think of that. Like, I, I have no idea. I feel great. I don't know. I've always felt this way. So uh, um, a little bit older. That's all. 69. That's awesome. Congratulations. And would you mind sharing this? I know we were talking about it a little bit before. You know, you've had great health, you know, during a, your pro career. What would you attribute that to? I know you mentioned. Well, I don't drink. I uh, never smoked. And I can't dance. <laughs> so you're not going to pull anything. There's no way for me to get hurt. <laughs> but that, that was about it. I, mean, I always kind of. I used to be a Pepsi freak. I used to drink Pepsi all the time. And then I, I met a doctor actually from Saudi Arabia. And this is my second year in the league. And he said, don't take any sugar into your system. Like a lot of guys are drinking Gatorade and everything on the sidelines. He said, you drink only water. And that's what I did. I drank water. Stayed away from Gatorade and Coca-Cola. What did you guys drink at halftime of games? When you, back when we played, coaches would give you a Hershey uh, chocolate bar to get you energy and Gatorade, full of sugar. So then you run out, you're weak. When you take sugar in your body, you get weak. And this guy did some experiments with me and showed me that how weak just basically drank uh, Gatorade and Coca-Cola. And then I started drinking water all the time. And I, I was in the stretching before anybody stretched. Everybody would be doing jumping jacks and calories. And uh, Coach Ringo was my coach. He played in Green Bay and he's in the Hall of Fame. I go off on the side and stretch before the game. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, coach, I'm stretching. He goes, why? I said, because those jumping jacks and touch your toes, it don't get me loose. I want to, I want to be stretched. And he goes, what are you talking about? He said, what are you doing? I said, so he was 45 years old, limping, smoking a cigarette. I said, so I don't look like you when I'm 45. <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted to fight me after that. But anyhow, always, I always did that. Uh, guys, on the planes, we used to fly back, and they used to put three beers on your plane on each seat, and the guys could drink them, you know, if you wanted to drink. And everybody fight to sit next to me because they wanted my three beers. So <laughs> my dad and those guys, J.P. Hill, they tried to sit next to me, and I said, well, Ahmad was, uh, he's Muslim. I think that's what it is. He yeah. didn't. So I said, okay, I'll trade you the three beers for that hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Bartering at its best. <laughs> at its best. <laughs> Give me that hamburger. You guys have my beer. I don't care. Right. <laughs> like we, the referees were always uh, telling me and the, the offensive lineman, man, you guys got to get serious. All you're doing is laughing out here. We we always had a good time when we were playing. We'd mess with guys all the time. We right. Would, <laughs> Like we we had a I'm not going to tell the guy's name, but he wasn't real smart and played on Oakland. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know like we would go up to the line of scrimmage, and if the ball was going away from us, we'd tell him the snap count. I go Joe, Joe Devlin, this guy. I go Joe, what's it on? Two. Come on, man, listen up. So that, <laughs> third and four, we go up to the line of scrimmage. It's on the one. So this guy would be like listening to us when it's on. He goes on two. Listen, and Devlin, damn. It was on one. Three times in one game. And he went back to the referee. He actually told the referee. They even said it was on one. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor I, guy. 
referee who's from Michigan State. I looked at him and I go, Those are things that happen during the game, and nobody knows what's going on half the time. We had a guy, I tell this my last story, then you can ask questions. Johnny Holland, he stuttered. He, he was like Mel Tillis. Remember that guy who sang? He stuttered, but he could sing. That's how Johnny. So they sent him in with a play. Um, <laughs> 26. So we're all in the huddle, and Johnny's like, ah, 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 ah. and OJ goes, sing it. Six. Then he he sang it without problems. Oh yeah, we go up the line and scrimmage. Everybody's laughing like, what the hell? <laughs> he had to sing that thing. He had to sing it to get it out. I write twenty six, <laughs> but he couldn't get it out. But anyhow, those are the things you do that nobody realizes. And they go, man, you guys, like you are really talking in the huddle. We're in, in Cleveland. They had uh, what was that called? Uh, the dog pond. Remember that? The dog. Of course. And they had a TV guy. I think Trumpy or somebody was doing the game. And he said, "Boy, they must be talking over the place." Know what we're talking about? Pittsburgh was playing us in Cleveland. It's about 50-50 the crowd. We're going, man, look at that fight up in Section Eight. Holy cow! I mean. <laughs> Going at that's what we were talking about in the huddle. So we they were just starting to play games back. They said, Who were you guys talking about? That fight up section eight. <laughs> <laughs> looks like you looks like you're quite the character, Joe. Oh. How many characters have you been, right? No, I've never been serious. Ever. Ever. That's, we that's always awesome. have a good time. We have a tone. What's your name? Stan. I'm Stan. That's yeah. Prince. We oh, get confused so, a lot yeah. though. We had we had a multi uh, cultural families. We had four of our own. Then we adopted two Korean boys. Then I was coaching, so I needed talent. So I got uh, two African American kids and a white kid to live with us, and they played for me. So what? <laughs> you recruiting before? <laughs> they were saying, you know, you know, why you never, you're never serious about things. Like they come in my office and I'd be answering. I was the head coach. And I'd be pretending like my wife's on the phone. Yeah, I did the laundry. I told you, honey, I'm sorry. I'll do the ironing tonight. Okay. <laughs> Up the phone. Nobody's on that end. They go, who's that? I said, it was my wife. Come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's too funny. So how much would you say has the game changed or in what ways has the game changed well, for you? The game has changed for me for this reason. When we played, we didn't make the money that they make now, which I don't regret. You know, I don't begrudge those guys making that money. But when we played, we were playing to make pension. You know, we always thought, hey, you play a long time. You're going to get a good pension. You know, Gino, we're going to take care of you guys. Well, guess what? They never took care of us. Mm. So my pension until this year. I got a $1,700 a month raise this year. Before that, it was $1,247 a month mm. for 30 years in that league. Mm. We have guys, we have Hall of Fame guys who are making uh, less than $1,000 a month. Mm. Running backs, Leroy Kelly was one. Can you imagine that? That was our pension until this uh, last negotiation. So I think anybody would be bitter towards these guys because we're the guys who built the league for them. We set the table up for them, and we don't even get a crumb off the table. Well, how, go ahead. I, uh, Joe, I'm sorry. I fought forever, and we, we lucked out this year. By the grace of God, you talk about God being in your life. Mm -hmm. We got that agreement three days before this uh, 
the pandemic came out. Mm. If that would have gone three more days, they would have said, well, you guys have to wait in 2021 because we're not making any money this year. But we lucked. God's blessed all the guys, all the retired pre-93 guys. And we got the pension and we all got a raise, all of us. So not a big raise, but better than what we had. Most definitely. Most definitely. That's the most serious thing in my life that I have ever done was uh, I fought for this. And Coach Dicka, he helped us so much. We have a thing called Gridiron Greats, and he has his own Hall of Fame. I was one of his first inductees. And Mm -hmm. made me proud because we fought for all the guys. Not didn't matter what your color was, what if you were we even fought for Jan Stenerboot, who wasn't even an American yet. (laughs) We wanted to improve everyone's pensions. And uh, we did. But not what they should be, but we're not going to complain because we got we got enough. Wow, wow. So I'm addicted to football. I love <laughs> I, I go to practice. So Coach Ritigliano said to me, because I got traded to Cleveland, why do you come to camp early? Like, you know, every you you guys are veterans. You didn't go to camp early, did you? No, I didn't. I did. <laughs> and they go, Coach Ritigliano goes, What are you doing here now? And it was like my tenth year I go. I'm discouraging my competition. Uh, I want to know that I'm nuts and I'm going to play this for free. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's how I handle football. I loved it. I love wow. it. I, would, I like wearing baseball caps. I said, if you give me a Cleveland Brown shirt and a baseball cap, I'm in. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, you I know, so I shouldn't complain about my salary, but I just <laughs> I love it. Nice. You, know, you absolutely, you know, that separates the goods from the greats. So even the young folks that might be watching this right now and wondering what is what does it take to be a Hall of Famer, a great player, or even just enjoying the game, and that is showing up. With health. You guys know that. Did both of you, uh, you both played, right? And you had a career with an injury of some sort, I would think, most of you. And yeah. play. Most people, they play until they can't play. Yep. That's if I was telling a kid, and I do have kids, I, I say, if you're going to play a sport, make sure you enjoy it. And it's fun. It's not work. A lot of parents try to really push kids. My son's really good. Everybody's son is really good. <laughs> I coach at Liberty. I coach high school. Everybody has the best son who works harder than anybody. <clears throat> they, they all say that. Everybody says that. But then once in a while, you get a diamond in the rough and you, you really find some kids who are like Walter Payton. Walter Payton, he not only was great, he worked harder than anybody. He did. There are a lot of guys like that who are really, really great. Tom Brady's phenomenal, but I'll guarantee you, he's putting in the time every day of his life. When you run 4-7 and you play to 43 years old, the only good thing about that for Tom is he's never slowed down. He's always yeah, is it is there anyone that you see today that you'd like to block for? Oh yeah, mm. all kinds of players. I mean, the players are great. Not, I mean, there's all kinds. I, I love the guy from Tennessee, Henry. Oh yes, he, he is special. And uh, there's there's some other ones. Those guys are so good, but the game has changed. You're only going to get 20 carries, no matter. Right. They're not going to carry the ball. I'll tell you who should be in the Hall of Fame and isn't Ethel Bubba Baker. Remember him. From the Detroit Lions, he had the silver pad. He played like in the late seventies, eighties. He had seventy-five and a half sacks in five years. The fastest man to ever get to seventy-five. 
And <laughs> they didn't. I mean, Bruce Smith had 55 after uh, 75 games. Whoa. Okay. After five years. I'm talking five years. Uh, Bubba Baker, who should be in the Hall of Fame, he made Pro Bowls and All-Pro and all that, but for whatever reason, they skip him. Uh, Kenny Anderson, all-time leading passer. Mm. All thing. What What is going on? Why Why can't these guys get the thing? Right. Oh, those are great questions. I'm a big fan of football, but I've kind of lost my interest because the guys change so much. They're not on the same team all the time. So when free agency comes, which is good for them, they get to go and make a lot of money. God bless you. But <coughs> right. We're stuck. I mean, yeah. if you were in Buffalo and they wanted – I had a five-year contract. My first five years in that league was 22, 24, 26, 28, 30. That was my salary for a first-round pick, $30,000 signing bonus. Then they said the 30000 is guaranteed. The rest, like the 22, is game by game, son. I mean, what do you mean game by game? If we don't like you after one, we only you owe you one game check. None of that, none of that money was guaranteed. Five years. They signed you up for five years. Then after three years, I was doing really well. They said we want to renegotiate because you're not getting paid enough. Okay, what what can I do? We're going to give. Oh, they they said we want to redo your contract. I said, oh, man, awesome. I'm making forty. So we'll give you fifty, sixty, seventy. 80. I go, yeah, but that's four more years. Yeah. Any of it guaranteed? No. But they Whoa. gave me they gave me the fifth. I, was, I had to take it. What are you gonna do? I right. mean take that or make 28. Oof. So Oof. you know, my wife and I we were we loved each other since we were born. And we have uh we had four kids at the time. We have four kids under five. Yeah, wow. The off season I worked for the Erie County Sheriff's Department because we had we had off season. Jobs. I live on 22 grand with four kids and knowing that your future's, you know, one play away from not having it. Wow. So work in the off season. So we did, everybody did that. All the guys were. So I think they should. Be. So, so question, Joe, what yeah, do you think about the state of the, of the NFL right now? You know, with, with the, with the pandemic and the owners want the players to play, um, and some players are starting to opt out. Some players are saying that they don't want to play this year. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's her, that's her right to opt out. They're, they've made enough money. They don't, you know, playing another season isn't going to help. So, so, Joe, you said that you grew up, um, there were 10 kids, and you were the ninth. Is that correct? I was the ninth. I got a younger – I had a younger sister. She passed. But, uh, oh, man. Nobody, so how, went, nobody went to kindergarten. Because nobody went to kindergarten. My dad went to third grade. My mother went to eighth grade, and he built a bar. The bar is still there in Detroit. And wow. we had to clean the tables and all that stuff. It was open 7 in the morning till 2.30 at night, seven days a week, close Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter. Wow. So that's how we grew up, and it was great. I loved it. Everybody loved it. But the nun said to my uh, mother one day, uh, Mrs. D., your son is yawning all the time. He's so tired. She goes, sister, he's working Give them a break. <laughs> <laughs> and we clean the bar. Then we come back and get him up at 5.30. And we take a few winks, you know, before we go to school at 8 o'clock. Wow. I, I said, Dad, don't you think I should be going to kindergarten like everybody else? He goes, let me tell you something. Can you swear on this show? Yes, yes you can. can. Yes, you can. My dad, nobody gives a shit about kindergarten. What are you going <laughs> to coloring 20 color books when you're 20? He said, it's overrated. You don't need it. 
get your butt here and work in the bar. So I'm thinking, you're right. Holy. <laughs> what was I thinking? Holy. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, then you guys can ask questions. He didn't want me to go to college. He said it was overrated, college. Said, what do you want? I said, I just want to try it because no one else went to school. So he said, you go anywhere you want. I went to the game when OG, uh, when Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. I was at that game, me and Chuck Foreman, and wow. their host at the game. So I, said, I signed with the University of Miami because back then you could sign if you were from different conferences. He said, oh, Dad, I'm going to Miami. He said, let me see that letter. He said, what's this mean? I said, I'm, I can go to University of Miami. I'm so excited. It was so warm down there. We're in Detroit and it's January. Freezing. He said, let me see that. He rips it off. tears it up. He goes, you go anywhere you want, but I don't want you going there. It's too goddamn far. Like, your <laughs> sisters never see it. I go, okay. Like, wherever I want. So I was Bull Schembechler's first recruit. I wanted to go there so bad. I love Coach Schembechler. He was like, my, man, that's the guy I want to play for. So I go, it comes down to the final day. It's not like this where you take your hat off and you're going to pick for who you want to go to. Give me a break. You haven't, you haven't walked a drop. And you're going to pick the school. Ooh, he picked a hell My dad said, go wherever he wants. So I go, okay. Because you can't go to Michigan. I go, why? Because I can't pronounce that freaking guy's name. How do you say it? Shamba. Shamba. There's <laughs> Schembechler. Because I don't want you to go there. So I know he wants me to go to this place, Notre Dame, because my mother worked out. Hey. We had to go pray a rosary. Serious. Uh, but I want to go to Notre Dame. He goes, Notre Dame. That guy's a friggin' phony. I go, who? He said, Parsesian. He's a Protestant coaching at Notre Dame. I go, damn, you're right. He said, I want you to go to Michigan State because Duffy's Catholic, Duffy Doherty. I go, you're right. What was I thinking? Sorry, Dad. That's how I went to Michigan. <laughs> Completely your choice, not at all, but it worked out. These kids, they think they hung the moon. They're only in high school. Or Johnny wants to go. No, you're going to go where mom and dad tell you to go. That's why I like Gabble uh, Sweeney. Down here, I live in South Carolina. Uh-huh. You have to come and visit first before he offers you. On your own. On your own. Yeah, then you know they really want to come. Wow. I love Dabble Queen. He's he's my favorite. Wow. Too. Uh, he, he's a harder-nosed guy, but Dabble's, Dabble's tough. Um, I love college football, too, because there's still some of it left, you know, where the guys are playing for the love of the game. Right. I, I, felt, I think they love the game, but money is ruined. Money, you really pay someone so much that it's, you know, it's going to hurt you if you quit playing. You, you just, I mean, it doesn't hurt you you quit playing. That's why guys can quit earlier now. Right. But, so, so, so question, do you think um, college, college athletes should get paid? Yeah, but I don't think they should be paid. It's going to be, it's a sticky wicket because, you know, when you're a really great player, they're going to pay you more. I think they should put a minimum on it. And I also think they should have trade schools. Mm. Some kids just, you go to inner city schools. I grew up in Detroit. We, I, I coached at Duke. It was very difficult. I could only recruit two schools at Duke uh, in Detroit, Cass Tech and Renaissance. And a coach who's at Duke who's with me goes, what are you coming down here just to these two schools for? I said, 
because that's where they send all the smart kids. That's the only kids that qualify. And I got 11 kids one year to go to Duke. But uh, the question was what? What about college kids get paid? Yeah. They should have trade schools because there's so many great players who don't qualify. How are you going to qualify when you have nobody at home? The only reason I went to school is because my brothers said, you're not going to flunk out because a couple went to school and they flunked out because they, they weren't educated enough. You got to be educated. So the kids, let's face it, kids nowadays are even worse than we were back. And how many kids are in fatherless homes? 70% of uh, minorities? Yeah. Minority homes. So who, who's going to be on their butt? When, right. You know, that's just the bottom line. You guys know that. Yep. You, you guys are successful. You Did you did you have a father in your life? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This way it is. I pray they can play this year. I I'm a big college fan now. I, I just hope to God they can pray, play because it's going to hurt sports. And it really hurts the country not playing, I think. I, I'm going nuts with this. I don't even know what day it is. Today's Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't even know. And that's how it's gotten. And thank God I moved down here by Todd, my, my wife and I. And he's got four girls and they're all athletic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife goes, God, do you love being around those girls more than anything in the world? I said, you know why? Because I escape reality. When I'm with all that matters, what they're doing, I don't care about anything else. Whatever they're doing, I enjoy watching them play. So, That's awesome. Wow. It's beautiful. So, it's really interesting, Joe. You've had so many life experiences and you, you have a wealth of knowledge, right? And you talked about, you know, growing up and building things and the bar still existing. With all the experience that you've had up to this point, is there any advice or what advice would you give to the younger version of you as you look down? Don't take yourself so serious. Like a lot of people take themselves so serious. Like, oh, what you think is just an opinion. That's your opinion of yourself and of what the world is. Open yourself up to other people's ideas because you'll learn a lot. When I, when I got in the Hall of Fame, I learned a heck of a lot. Damn, it changed. I mean, it changed big time. Like in the early 80s, that's when it really started changing, where wow. players had the advantage. When, uh, but anyhow. Wow. You know, but OJ was the highest paid player in the league in 1973, mm. making 125. He broke the record. Thousand. Uh, two years later, they after negotiating for a lot, he got 773 dollars, 773,000. That was his new contract. That was the highest contract in '75. This, this is make you think. When we're, we're the electric company. You guys said we're the electric. <laughs> he made more at the end of the first or second game that we made the whole year. Oh, year. Or, damn, he didn't do anything till we got here. Right. <laughs> he, was, he was the bus his first couple of years. Y'all should have turned the lights off. Yeah, turn the lights off on him. Ringo became the line coach, and we ran the Green Bay Sweep. And that's all it was. It was the Green Bay Sweep. And uh, Reggie McKenzie, who was left guard, and I, which is unbelievable. We were both from Detroit. We knew we'd known each other forever. We wow. end up on the same football. Wow. Same deal. I mean, you know, the good thing you asked, good thing about sports, we stay in contact with each other all the time. We, I call Joel Ferguson, you know, all, all the guys, all the guys we played with. Reggie, Reggie's birthday is July 27th. <clears throat> I always call him on his birthday uh, because he's one year older. That's what wow. I But anyhow, that's the stuff. And then as you age, realizing like down the you're right there. Mike Bauer, who's the center, he died. 
I went to Cleveland. Tom DeLeon was the center. He died. All these guys die at a younger age than most. So yeah. I tell any athlete, especially football players, enjoy the moment because you never know when the moment's going to end. All right. So just, and, don't, and don't extend yourself more than you can because that's what happens. Hey, I'll buy a nice car. Also one for my friend. Baba. All of a sudden, your friend isn't such a friend. And got, you know, just hang around with the right people. Right, right. Now that's great advice. So I always tell the guys, the guys we'd be on the road, hey, you want to go to a bar? I said, if I can take my kids in there, I'll go in the bar. Oh, that's... Take kids in. But I said, if I can't take my kid in there, I'm not going there. I got steak at home. I don't need lunch meat on the road. I got the best I already got with my wife, and I, I always believe that. So if you just don't don't think you're better than you are and be satisfied with you got, I think you'll do okay. It that's goes, awesome. I, I, I want to ask you another question, all right? And, and this is one of those important questions. So um, you were the first to be diagnosed with CTE, you know, oh, yeah. the, the living person. So, like, tell, tell me, how is it living with that? And, like, um, when we like, went there, uh, Dr. Amalo, they flew me to UCLA. I didn't know something was up because they said, who's your caretaker? I go, nobody. Take care of myself. And, uh, you know, like your wife. Well, the other guys uh, – who, who was there? Tony Dorsett was there. Leonard Marshall. And I can't remember the fourth guy. I was the third guy. But I was the first guy to go in and get my brain scan. So they said they'll send you the results and all this stuff. So they sent the results to us. My wife's a nurse, so she was doing all the talking, like setting up this. She goes, well, what, what, what's the outcome of this? And uh, they thought they took me because Dr. Miles said, nobody sit your head more than I did. Because uh, CTE... The guys closest to the ball, they're the ones who start getting hit. So it's a center, two guards, fullback, nose guard, defensive tackles, and middle middle linebacker, and the two safeties running up because they had to stop the thing. So they said, you've never missed a practice. you never missed a game. You know, really when you add all those games up, because we played six exhibition games, you add them up. I played well over 200 games without coming up, and I hit my head every – so they said, you'd be a good – guinea pig. So I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. So I went in there and I was stage three with CTE. Uh, my wife said, well, what's stage four? Stage four are the autopsies. That mm. So she, that scared her death and scared me, scared me a little too. Right. In the end, they're, they're saying, uh, Joe's really pretty well functioning. And uh, I asked Dr. Mao, like, how come I'm okay and all these other guys are having issues? He said, there's about five or six things you have to do right. You have to have spirituality, believe it or not. The doctor, I have spirituality. You can't abuse alcohol or drugs. Uh, what was the other one? You eat properly. Don't eat a lot of sugars. So I was doing all this stuff without knowing about it. Mm. Uh, he said, that's why you're okay. Mm. It's got a lot of issues because... A lot of people drink. A lot of people take alcohol. They're they're obese. There's a lot of things that affect your brain. So I've been doing. I've been a guinea pig forever on this stuff, and I know I have issues. There's issues that I, you know, I I have blood cues and stuff like that. But I'm not. I'm not crazy. And I, you know, I I like I can jump like upset for no reason. There are little things like that, but. I read, I try to read as much as I can, and uh, I do mental challenges. That was another thing. I, 
My kids always said, Dad, just you walking around is a mental challenge. <laughs> I always tried to do mental challenges. No, I'll tell you another thing that keeps, keeps you going is your kids. You know, it's just fun to yeah. be involved in other kids. You know, we've always had kids in our life. So, yeah, like finding things that give love and grace to you so you can enjoy it. And if you, you take care of yourself, I work out every day, I work out hard. Everybody goes, you know, why are you working out so hard? I said, because I want to get killed by a jealous husband at age 100. Yay! <laughs> 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 I work out hard. And uh, yeah, my son works me out hard. He pushes me. And, uh, you know, I told him, my wife says, he'll be the happiest if he dies of a heart attack in a garage working out. <laughs> healthy, right? Healthy to this point. If you went like that, hey, nobody's getting out of here alive. I know that. Right. Or die healthy. Uh, and enjoy life and enjoy life along the way. Prince, man, what are any final thoughts you have as we kind of prepare to get out of here? What you know, final thoughts do you have for for Joe? Awesome. Yeah. So you you you've lived you how old are you? 69? I'll be 70 in March. 70 in March. Nice, nice. So you, you live 69 years on this earth, man. What what is some of the advice that you would give? Um, the the younger generation and um, you know your your loved ones. What what would be that advice that you would give to them? I always tell my kids, enjoy your family. Let's mm. we try to keep our family together so we can, you know, we have twelve grandkids and uh, so I want to make sure that we're all together. And they know if something goes wrong, I'm not going to bail them out. Like if we don't have enough money to bail somebody out, but we'll help you any way we can. And that's the kids who live with us too. Mm. That that's one thing. Keep a tight knit family because they're they're the people you can trust. When sometimes you can't trust family members, most of the time you can trust family members. And the other thing is know that there's someone greater than you. There's a God. I don't care what people tell you. There's no God. There's a God, and He, he has control over our lives if we let Him. Mm-hmm. And I go to church every day, and they go, "Why do you go to church every day?" I go, "Because it allows me to swear." <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I go because I know there's somebody better than me, and I, I, you're Catholic, you can go get communion every day. And when I receive Jesus, I, he's our Savior, I, that if I receive him daily, then I, I'll live, I, I'm aware that he's with me, and, you know, that's my belief, that I'm not going to make a, a mockery of that. I'm not going to do something stupid that would disappoint him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I do. I I really believe that if you go to Mass, and I always ask God, God, put me in the best place I can to most people I can, wherever mm-hmm. that be. And it look like right, right now, it's me and Todd doing a lot of exercise with people. This virus thing has really got everybody down. We've been training right through it because we're doing this, this, mm-hmm. like this, and they come online, and we train in Todd's garage, and he trains a lot of people. But we do that with old people twice a week. Nice. It's Amazing. pretty cool because, you know, they're older, but they, they can move. And uh, it gives nice. you hope. If you, wow. you, you know, all the old people sit in the house and, oh, God, be locked down. Right. Don't do I mean, but, 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 Joe, recently you did a 213-mile walk. That was like five or six years ago. Oh, okay. But still. <laughs> Here's what happens. This, I'm telling you, this is what happens. I'm walking by uh, – uh, Krispy Kreme donuts, they they got that out in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kid selling donuts outside of Krispy Kreme. This is like five or six years ago. Right. I go, what are you doing? 
what are you selling donuts in front of Krispy Kreme for? He says, oh, I'm, I got a charity. I, he, he had no legs. He was uh, prosthetics. He said, he said, I'm 19. Now I got to pay for my prosthetics. I go, damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, because uh, St. Jude and all those people pay for it. But once you turn 19, you, you, you don't get any more help from anybody. So I go, what's your name? He said, Joey. I go, Joey, damn, what can I do? How can I help you raise some money? He goes, I don't know. I said, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I call the Hall of Fame. I said, look, we bicycled to Mexico, me and my college roommates, and we raised a million bucks. So, Thank you very much for being so transparent, being honest with us, and spending time uh, dropping the jewels that you did drop on us. Uh, really appreciate you being our special guest, show, and continue to join us and continue sharing your story to help other folks as well and well, being a blessing to others. you got Todd, believe me. <laughs> appreciate that hey, make sure to give joe and t- make sure to give todd our best too and the rest of the family yes thank for you the- anytime for those of you all watching please don't forget to like comment and subscribe to our youtube page you can join us next week on game beyond the game facebook live every tuesday 2 p.m pacific standard time and 5 p.m eastern standard time thank you all so very much have a great great thank to talk you. with you guys Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Joe. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.